Welcome back to another double edition of the Final Corner Podcast. This week we're at Alton Park and lovely Montreal for the Formula 1. Nick, Tom, welcome again. Hello. Hello. Tom, you were actually at one of these at the weekend. You were at Alton Park. Unbelievable. So, how was your weekend? It was wonderful. Last minute decision. Think about the tickets on Friday. Thought, oh, what can we do for Father's Day? I know. So I went with my dad and my brother, neither of whom I've been to see the BTC before. And it was a, uh, well, I think I chewed the ears off explaining how it all works. <laughs> Cars go round in circle, may crash. Yeah, yeah. But yes. it's like, oh, but what's that blue flashing light? Ah, well. <laughs> it's quite, I've realised that the hybrid system is really easy to explain. Like, oh, they've got a hybrid system and they can push for extra boost. But then trying to explain the handicap or the reduction of um, availability is quite tricky. Yeah. Um. Uh, but you know the cars are loud. They're exciting. They move around in the corner. They're going around with less and less bodywork each lap, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they use as much of the track as they can. So really good spectator. As much yeah, less these days. <laughs> it's just a fantastic day out. You have access to the full pit lane. You can bump into Mikey Doble if you wanted to. If you were fortunate enough, you could. Uh, I had a picture with Ash Sutton. You could view the podium. Uh, you can access any basically any corner of the track, and there's always support races going on. And you know, the least tasteful burger I've ever eaten in my life. It was like eating some air, <laughs> but that's that's fine. What do you expect? You don't go there for the True. food. So I think as a as a as a package for a day out for spectators, Mister Gao has absolutely nailed it, and the Toka team, Modern. How did your family enjoy it? Was the first event? Oh, they they really enjoyed it. Yeah, tired by the end of the day, but that's only because I made them watch all the races. <laughs> uh, well, all the BTCC races anyway, and some of the sports. Uh, Deegan Fairclough. Did the weather hold out? Oh, sorry. Sorry, did the weather hold out for them? So it the did. It, the first race was bright sunshine. The rest of the races were just slight cloud cover and extremely humid. Mm. Um, so it's really warm. I burnt my nose a bit, and. There was always this threat of rain. In fact, we saw Nick Hamilton pulling the pits before the third race and put the wets on and then Dan Lloyd. Because <laughs> it was ever so slightly starting to drip. Mm. Uh, and if you're at the back of grid, fair play. Although Dan Lloyd wasn't really, so that was a bit of a risk. Um, <laughs> and he, he just persisted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, there was a reason for that, though. Oh, yeah? Dan Lloyd. Um, yeah, he... Um had an engine issue that needed to be checked. Oh, that's right. So while he was in, he thought, might as well. Yeah, I did hear that on the circuit commentary, actually. So fair play. And then uh, we got out of the car park really easily as well. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No, no there was a bit of traffic outside the car park, but nothing crazy. And then as soon as he got on the motorway, massive, massive deluge. Incredible rain. Uh, the motorway's flooding. The motorway had to be shut while we are on it. Uh, because one of the exits was completely flooded. Uh, so that, you know, a couple hours extra on the journey there. And you sort of think, oh, we were wanting rain by that point. We've had a nice sunny day. Let's spice up the race at the end. <laughs> However, it would have just been instant red flag, no race. So, because it was just monumental, the volume of, of water that came down. So, yeah. I was in the t-shirt all day and uh, there was no rain. Fantastic. Lovely. Well, Nick and I watched it on TV, and I quite enjoyed yep. it. It wasn't the Ash Sutton show, as we've had the past four weekends. True. 
so there was a nice bit of variation. Qualifying, Nick, do you want to do that away? Well, there wasn't a lot happening qualifying in terms of uh, incidents. Um, Will Powell caused his traditional red flag. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a bit of blocking going on, but nothing came of that. Um, Sutton, I believe, nailed it once again with his one second of hybrid. He still ended up a quarter of a second ahead of everyone. This just doesn't seem Mad. to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good performance from Jake Hill. The rest of the BMWs weren't too good in qualifying. Um, I was very pleased with Ricky Carlard being up there again as well. He's doing very well. Oh yeah, he did a great, great job in qualifying. Mm. Top Toyota by a significant margin. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was uh, over half a second quicker than Butcher. Mm. Um, and Butcher doesn't have any reduced hybrid for this one. And a certain Mr. Mikey Doble managed a top 17 in 17th place. Uh, but he's on a par with Andrew Watson. They seem to be tied together in the last few events. Mm. And Tucky then got chucked out. Yes, oh, yes he did, at the back. What was that for? Uh, insufficient um, fuel. Yes. They had to mm. give a three-litre sample and they could only get two points something. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. So it set the race up quite nice, I thought. You had Bobby Thompson in fourth as well. There was a, a bit of buffer, and uh, the focuses were spread out as well. Row bottom was oh, nowhere. It was, he was somewhere at the back, wasn't he? Or in the midfield. Mm. So there was a bit of spread there. On the race one, uh, Hill takes the lead off the start. He gets a bright launch with the BMWs now getting uh, some increase in their boost at the start, which is... Oh, let's touch upon that now, please. That's all right. Which apparently happened I didn't realize this until Froxton. Mm, I didn't realize that I shouldn't mentioned it in one of the post-race interviews this weekend. Um, there's certainly no uh, written story on the internet about it. I mean, there might have been in a magazine or a newspaper somewhere, but certainly it's difficult for fans to find out once again. Yeah, it's not... These changes are never well covered, are they? But um, no. it clearly made a difference because Hill got the jump quite comfortably. Um, Sutton had to go around outside the hairpin but failed on turn lap one and then on lap two he tried to go around outside of is that, is that class is turn two down the hill the left hander not sure but Cascades I, I believe so even though it's technically not yeah so, might be turn three yeah so Cascades left hander tries to go around outside there and I was going to say Hill showed on the grass but it was more, a bit more than the grass he showed him the field he was going to bury him in if he tried that <laughs> Short limits. Yes, yeah, so uh, Hill completely shut the door, and I think Ash at the end of that decided to not try that again and settle for mm. second. He had to get it at the start, didn't he? The first three laps. That was yeah. where the BMW struggles a bit. And he tried, not for lack of trying. It was just nice to see someone being able to attack him mm. and win for once. So Hill maintained the lead and won. Bobby Thompson, after his great qualifying lost, I think, three or four places at the start and ran wide. Bit of a shame. Lap two, and Ingram pulled a nice overtake on Dan Camish, taking the right-hand side up the pit straight and just securing the inside line, which put him uh, up to, I think, fourth at that point. Something like that. Aaron Moffat was on hard tyres and was just dropping. <laughs> what a disaster. Yes. <laughs> 
the the tire differential was crazy here this weekend. Yeah, it was deliberate as well. They said by um, I was going to say by Pirelli, um, Goodyear, I should say. Goodyear. Yeah. They decided I to. On the weekend. <laughs> yes, well, I still think of them as that. They deliberately decided to take away the medium tire and do the hard because there was a big differential and it would spice up the racing. But it seemed to be too big a gap to me. It's over two seconds in some of the cars. Yeah, but also what didn't really spice up the racing, I don't think, in some respects. Okay, in the third race, we'll come to we had a couple of cars fighting through, Moffat being one of them. Mm. But most people had a very similar tyre strategy, didn't they, throughout? Because yeah. there was going to be rain forecast for the third race. Yeah. So knowing that, most people didn't have the hard tyre mm-hmm. uh, until the third final race. Yeah, only and... two others in either race used the soft. Yeah. So if it was going to be a dry race weekend, maybe you would have seen a greater effect there. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, so we didn't. <laughs> no. Uh, well, Moffat on the hard stops. Uh, Tuckington managed to get around outside of turn two in a nice move. Um, I thought, I think this was the move that I thought that his teammate was at Will Powell. was quite kind mm-hmm. of Aidan Moffat because there was a big, massive car-sized gap on the inside and he didn't go for it. But Tuckington's made a great recovery. He's 27th up to 16th by lot of four. And he just flies off into the distance. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. As a spectator watching it, it was just like, right, when, ne- when next comes round, what position is Tuckington going to be in? <laughs> yeah. Three positions a lap, it must feel like. Yeah, it was wild. Ingram then repeats the move that he pulled on um, Kamish, but this time it's on Ricky Cord for the third place in the podium. And Said secured that. There was such a big gap in speed between the BMW, Ash Sutton, Jake Kell, and Tuckerton, and then Ingram. And then after that, nobody could offer them, really. Yeah, that's what the championship's turned into, isn't it? It's like two BMWs, Sutton, and Ingram. Yeah. At least it's three different cars from two and a half team, different teams. But, well, no, WSR is one team, but it's two camps within it, isn't it? With the separate yeah. Classes. Aye. Uh, so you know, at least it's not just the Napa cars, but there's a there's a huge gap now, and it's and everyone else fighting for fourth as a fifth as a good result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get a wee fight between the BMWs, Morgan and Jelly are kind of trading places, hold each other up. I think there. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're just yeah, fighting totally. to be not be the slowest BMW. <laughs> They could have, uh, I don't know, if they weren't battling so much, maybe got Thompson at some point, but no, mm. they didn't. They didn't. They kept tripping over each other. Yeah, well, because they were, they were stuck behind Ante or Smith for ages. Oh, that's right. But... Yeah, and then Turkington just came through and went, oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have all <laughs> these places, please. Thank you very much. And <laughs> it was so easy. Like, the speed differential is crazy between those mm. cars. And yeah, they should have worked as a team and got Taylor Smith cleanly. Because Adam Morgan eventually got him in the hairpin, but uh, yeah. pushed the door ajar, let's say. Just ran oh, in the back of Shoulder him. barged it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a police raid on the door. <laughs> that was not gentle. No, so Adam Morgan took the position and it flew off into the distance, which I don't. They should have given it back there and then. Yes. Yeah. Which is the rule. However, now there's clearly this exploit 
where if you don't give it back, you just get a grid penalty for the next one. And if you're in a BMW, it doesn't really matter that much, does it? No. No, especially three places, you can make that above the start if you get a really good one. Yeah. So, not a fan of that. Uh, maybe it's not rules, but how it's been applied. I mean, I get it. I don't want to spoil what we're talking about. Aaron Taylor Smith retired, so you can't switch the positions. But, no, don't like it. Something else, please. Mm. That is, you know, out of order. Yeah, that was a bit naughty. Um, they don't really do anything in Madrid, mm. do they? They always wait till after. Which... I get that in a, to an extent because it's a very short race. And actually, when you watch, I used to watch, and so did Nick actually, World Touring Cars. And there was, if there's a questionable stewards call, they mm. just hand out a drive through penalty and that just ruins the race. Mm. But yeah, three place grid drop. Uh, yeah, not sure. Uh, but also, Morgan has used that rule set and the application of it to his advantage in a way that mm-hmm. I suppose it's sport, isn't it? But he pushed to the limits. But I didn't, I didn't think it was very sporting. No, definitely not. No. Then get a battle with the Scots. Down at the hairpin, Ronan Pearson tries to get past Aidan Moffat but completely breaks himself and runs wide <laughs> and uh, does a bit of rallying for a few corners and costs himself, I think, four or five places. But a bit of patience because Morgan just, Morgan Moffat just keeps dropping back and dropping back. He is yeah. absolutely nowhere. Ends up getting past his teammate and a whole gaggle of cars. Uh, Turkington then puts on a really nice move on Stephen Jelly. Around outside Old Hall. Mm. Really ballsy, I thought. And uh, Jelly pushes him right out over the curb, but he keeps his foot in it and just has manages to have enough going down in uh, the first corner. That could have been disaster, that. Oh, uh, yeah. I think you could only do that on your teammate, I think. Because I, I do think Jelly pushed him hard, but I think he would have pushed him harder if it wasn't All right. his teammate. If it was Collard. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think they would have been bouncing down on the grass rather than just pushed <laughs> out to the curb. Actually, reminds me of uh, 2004, <laughs> where Collard and Rob Huff went side by side through there, and they both ended up in the barrier. Yes, very similar. <laughs> the The race finishes with Aaron Taylor Smith in the barriers with a massive crash. He's struggling with his brakes mm. for a few laps, but then he's uh, he's got Dan Robot behind him who completely loses his brakes. Uh, yeah, struggling even more. Yes. Yeah. Robottom has a, as I said in the commentary, a split second decision to make: turn left and go straight to the wall himself, or turn right and hope he misses and can slow mm-hmm. down. He opts for turn right, which I think everyone would do, and he completely destroys Aaron Taylor Smith. Yeah. Who has had no luck this race because he was driving quite well. Mm. And uh, very defensive. Very, and just gets completely wiped out. Shame. Was it uh, Carl Baudley <laughs> year before last in the Infinity? Uh, and Brands. he ran out of brakes at that. Mm. No, well, maybe Brands, but he, he did it here and he wiped out Butcher in the same fashion, basically. Mm. Or they came from two cars back. He went across the inside on the grass and baff. Straight into him. Ah, if it was last season, it was Carl Baudley wasn't competing last season, was he? So, year before. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and that were very similar. But it, I think this track is... Very punishing on the brakes. You've got a couple of downhill yeah. braking zones into from high speed to low speed. So well, they kept how those brakes are called are key. They kept saying on commentary that people were knocking their brake pads out going over curbs. It happened in qualifying. Oh, that too as well. So, right. Yes. It happened to a few cars. 
were taking the cups ah. that are nosing their pads or knocking the pads out so they had no mm. brakes. So if you have knock pad knockoff, uh, you can just tap the brakes while going down the street with your left foot and it can sort of re-engage them. And I noticed Dan Lloyd was doing it basically every straight. Oh, I don't really? know if you'd caught that on the coverage. Yeah. No. Uh, and some, it was either race one or race two. Dan Lloyd, he'll, he'll get past someone and then going down the next straight before the braking zone, his rear brake lights were just flashing on very briefly. I was like, oh, is he brake checking them? And then he was doing it again. And I thought, oh, actually, it might be mm. just to do with the brakes looking after them. Yeah, that would make or, sense. Yeah. Because you can recover pad, pad knockoff just by... Because if they come off out of alignment and then you just the next time you use the pedal it slams on yeah you basically probably got nothing but if you can mm. just tap the brake a bit it sort of re-engages them sometimes so I th- I'm pretty sure Dan Lloyd was doing that I know it's a driving technique that um, in supercars they used, they used to use a lot you'd be like why are they just tapping the brake all the time before the braking it's, it, yeah, it's yeah. Not... yeah that would make sense I just not something I'd ever considered before mm. yeah you don't normally hear about it in touring cars do you BTCC mm. sorry so, race one, won by Jake Hill, who took the fastest lap, got the lap leading point as well. Ash Sutton second, but Ingram in third. Uh, Roy Butcher lost a bunch of places in one go, but we never saw a replay of what happened to him. Yeah, he no, went in the gravel, didn't he? But we don't know why. No. Nick of Brook. Mm. I couldn't that, see it either. I, I was at Hilltop there, but all I saw was a plume mm. of gravel and missed what happened. I just don't think he's gelling with this new car. I think he needs to go back to the events. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed, agreed. Uh, <laughs> Turkington managed to make it up from 27th to 9th on a great recovery drive. And. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yes, Andrew Watson managed to round out the points. Nicholas? Oh, yes, of oh, course, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, and Mikey Doble managed 13th in this race. Good one. Nice, solid drive. Superb. Uh, uh, just a couple from at the event. The I think you mentioned a few podcasts ago. Was it last year or this year? Referencing Colin, I can't remember that. You said something along the lines of, "Oh, you know, there used to be this battle pack at the back, and there kind of isn't really." Mm. But the, there was in this race, thanks to Ada Moffat. Yeah. Uh, mm. So it was like Moffat, Powell, Pearson, Butel, uh, Hamilton, Edwards, Halstead, and they were all in a gaggle. Oh, I don't know. A good. A really good gap away from the people above that fighting for the points. So you'd, everyone would go by, and then you'd wait, and then there'd be this lot, and they were going hammer and tongs every lap. It was really good to watch. At one point, Patel was two wheels in, uh, over the chicane, um, biffing each other down the straight. <laughs> it was fantastic. Nice. Um, but I would say that um, when Smith and Robottom had their off. Uh, the, because this lot was so far behind the rest of the field, maybe abnormally so because of the hard tyre blocking, uh, the, the doctor did come on the track uh, ahead of them. Uh, so they, they cut, uh, oh, was it down the Fosters, the Fosters circuit, the short one? So they come off at Cascades as if they went straight on and cut yeah. out the hairpin. They were sat there waiting. Then the field went by. Then they came on track. And as they had exited the Nick, uh, his lops and Nickerbuck chicane, all, this, all these other guys came around. So I didn't see what happened as they went up Clear Hill. But um, I'm hoping that it was all all right. Obviously, we didn't hear of an incident. But um, at that point, it had already been shown on the TV that Taylor Smith was out of the car. Mm. So I don't know if there was a communication error there or what. But that, I thought, was oof, a bit risky, a bit dangerous. Possibly. Maybe they had 
didn't know about Robottom. I didn't see him get out of the car. Yeah, true. But also, I don't know if there is a rule that they have to wait for everyone to go by or not. It might it might have been fine, but it just looked a bit risky. They had about a four car mm. length gap as they went up Clare Hill from the chasing pack. <laughs> uh, bearing in mind, it's quite a quick car in a straight line, that K and Coupe, but you know, it's only mm. got road car brakes and tyres on it, so I hope they made it all right. Because Robottom brought it back to the pits somehow. Yeah, I think in that in that melee, I don't think he hits the barrier. No. Ah, oh, I didn't even realise that. I thought he was. Yeah, he's sideways. Tyler Smith. He, after the side to side content, he's like sideways along the gravel and the grass, and he's like got the throttle pinned, and it just sort of slides back onto the track. You can just see it through the the dust. Oh, you can't see him re-entering the circuit, but you can tell that he's not hit the barrier. Yeah. Does this when you had your burger? <laughs> no, that was uh, after race two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Morgan gets a free place good penalty, and so did Dexter Patterson for this race. Josh Cook's 250th race start, and he uh, marked it by killing Bobby Thompson at the start. <laughs> so Hell gets away well uh, to keep the lead Josh Cook is uh, pushed out wide by one of the Fords going out down outside uh, turn one he then kind of, it looked like to me he retaliated in anger and bashed the back of Bobby Thompson and Thompson ended up in the gravel but it may have just been a, a, an unfortunate coming together it could be, when Either I way. watched it I, I thought Thompson just missed his breaking point I didn't actually see the contact Oh, uh, yeah, there is. I thought it looked a bit uh, revenge from Josh Cook, but it, was, oh, it, it right. wasn't on the guy who actually pushed him off. I think he was just determined to get places back. And it, yeah, poor Bobby Thompson. After, after the race on the podium, he looked oh, extraordinarily frustrated, did Cook. Mm. Uh, but that, that I'm not, maybe that's a bit unfair to tie to this incident. That might be the fact that he keeps winning the independent class, so has to go on the podium each time, and he's not actually on the. You know, he should be fighting for the championship. Yeah. <laughs> he just has to stand there while everyone else gets bigger trophies. Mm. Uh, Jade Edwards then gets murdered as well. She's uh, She gets nudged <laughs> by Dan Robottom into the first part of the chicane, and yeah. then Will Powell makes sure of the job and knocks at the second part of the chicane. <laughs> <laughs> so she's out Hold on, though. Yep. Yeah. Um, you've got a note about Nick Calstead. I didn't see this on TV. Uh, it was um, when they showed a replay of, and I can't remember who it was, but whoever was behind him starting on the grid, uh, his car literally rolled backwards instead of going forwards where everyone <laughs> else was, was going. It's like he let off oh, the brakes dear. to go and just, it was like a seconds later he decided to use the throttle. So that's a deer leap, isn't it? Like, is it, was it uphill? Or was yes, it at the flat it, part it was, of the grid? No, no, he was on the uphill bit. But yeah, everyone else was moving forward as he was rolling backwards slightly. Oh dear! It's only a yeah. little thing, but it just made me laugh. <laughs> well, I did. Do you see that? Um, someone got a jump start penalty. Was it Jelly? Yes, it was. Yeah, there was a replay. Was it on board Chilton of the start? It looked like Morgan jumped the start to me as well. Can you pause with me? That saw that. No, no, that just just had the TV camera on Stephen Jelly as he jumped the start. There's a Chilton on board from like Bonnet Cam. Yeah, I don't want to see anyone with Morgan. Well, 100% Morgan is moving before the lights go off. 
instant jump start for me. But whether or not he was outside the box by that point, I, I you know, it's hard to tell. Mm. Yeah. But he, yeah, well, I recommend everyone watch it back. Uh, there's during some replays at the start, the Chilton on board. For me, it looks, I paused it. And it looks like Morgan's moving way before the lights are out. No, that's that. But he's, uh, yeah. It's BTCC isn't consistent with penalties, we know that. Oh, yeah. Unlike Formula One, though, they don't have a camera on every card, do they? And no. All the complicated data and stuff. But no. uh, the, this one was on the broadcasts, in, in my opinion. That's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Bobby Thompson got a meatball flag, and then the. Un- Unintentional call in the middle moment of the season. I wonder why he's got a meatball flag and it suddenly <laughs> cuts to him yeah. with a wheel off <laughs> trying to get on the gun. It's like, yeah, that's why he might have one. But he probably got one yes. for some bodywork or something before and then the wheel collapsed. He was yeah. driving around with loose bodywork. He was for a couple of laps there. Yeah, and then the suspension gave up on him. Which Thompson had a great race one for him. Like top seven, mm. I think he was. Fourth in qualifying. Yeah, good qualifying, yeah. Such a shame. Uh, so we've got a safety car because uh, Bob Powell was off in the gravel. I can't remember why he's there. Just I don't didn't think see it. Was it. Shown. They right. just showed him in the gravel. That's fair enough. But did quite a bit of damage, it turns out, because afterwards in the pit lane, that whole front of that car was in the pit lane, <laughs> covered mm. in gravel and mm. seeping fluid. The whole front uh, assembly where. Like the radiators housed and the intakes that was in the bin by looks things. Ouch. Mm. Uh, was this where the safety car got called and nobody told them? Uh, uh, I don't believe No, that was so. rate three. That race was three. race three. Right, well, we'll save. I, I was stood in a place, yep, yeah. We'll save that disaster then for race three. So, yep, safety car. Hill keeps the lead at the restart. Hunt Taylor Smith manages to overtake Dan Rowbottom. Dan Robottom's on the hard tyre, but he managed to go around mm. outside at his locks. Aaron Morgan then attacks someone else. Um, he goes after <laughs> he goes after Tom Chilton this time, and mm. uh, Morgan almost gets past Chilton, but uh, doesn't manage to make it. Yeah, see, I th- I still think Morgan let off the throttle mm. to keep him alongside, but not keep the place back to make it look better. Hmm. Rory Butcher benefited out of all that. Kind of helped him get mm. forward. Uh, Colin Turkington is still making moves. Uh, it's nice to see Colin race because it's not that often we actually yeah. see it. Because he got a nice pass on Dan Camish at, um, at Old Hall. Uh, he had a couple other nice moves to move him up to fourth eventually. And it was closing in lap by lap on the fight for the podium there. I thought it was on. Yeah. Indy's up three and a bit seconds behind Tom Ingram, but it was certainly flying in that BMW this weekend. Dan Camish has a, a go at Ricky Collard, gets up the inside, uh, Collard ends up on the grass, there's contact between the two. Did you think it was a fair move or not? It's borderline. <laughs> he is fully alongside, but he's... Mm. Going too quick to stay on the track himself, I think. I think if he's if Collard isn't there, he's running off onto the grass. Yeah, so it's borderline. It's one of those I wouldn't want to be the person deciding if you got a penalty or not. But mm. yeah, it was questionable. 
But obviously, it's fully alongside. It was. Yeah, it was just like carried the overspeed. You know, it was a bit mm. too quick. Yeah. But that's I saw that I was stood right next to it, and uh, I love it how uh, Collard was flashing his lights while still in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel like he got mugged there. Mm. He did, yeah. If that was his dad, that that brings me knobs that we around, but. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he got he got mugged that one. So Adam Morgan manages to get past Collard as well. Stephen Jelly is then off after an incident with Collard. Oh yeah, they're down at the chicane, wasn't it? Yeah, I wasn't quite sure whose fault that was. From the behind shot, I thought, oh, that was like Collard diving on him. And from mm. the other shot, it looked like Jelly was turning in on him. So all right, move on. When I saw the replay, yeah. I thought it was Jelly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Josh Cook manages to move him up, himself up a couple places to fifth. Gets past Camish. Tuckington tries to get Tom Ingram on his lap 16. He gets undercut at Lodge, but uh, Ingram parked it on the apex and Tuckington hit the back of him. Picked up damage and decided not to bother trying that again. And let's go to the expert on parking on the apex, Tom. Uh, <laughs> textbook move. Yep, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Uh, Turkington was doing this move all race where he sort of forces people mm. to defend into Lodge, gets the cut back. It is the move. Uh, I don't know if the team had told Ingram or not, but just to be that wise to that ahead of time, I suppose maybe you think, oh, the BW might have good traction. I just, he just, it didn't, it didn't break, did he? Which was the clever bit about it. He just didn't yeah. accelerate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just genius. So yeah. I, I applaud it. Yeah. That's no, no, it. same for me, I think. I think they summed it up quite nicely after the race with um, O'Neill and Harvey basically saying, if I was Turkey I'd be annoyed, but if I was the car in front, I'd have done exactly the same thing. Hmm. I think, I don't want to put thoughts in Turkington's mind, but I think I'd be annoyed that he was, you know, uh, outfoxed. Not necessarily annoyed about the behaviour. Oh, uh, you know, yes. damn, why didn't I think of going around the outside sort of thing? Which, as we come to later, he did. Mm-hmm. Was it this race that Sam Osborne almost ruled it? Uh, I'm the, not sure. That was around the hairpin, wasn't it? Was it was at the hairpin yeah. trying to move up the inside and he was almost over. <laughs> I have a feeling it might have been the last race because he would have been on the better tyres then. Uh, possibly, yeah. Possibly. Uh, Gamble was outside the point. Not mentioned him in a little while. Adam Moffat recovered to 15th, so he gained five places this race. Uh, the top three were the same, tucking to fourth, Cook fifth. And uh, yeah, it was Dexter Patterson and Moffat friends at the point. Yeah, and uh, of course, Mikey Doval maintained his 13th place. Superb. Getting points. You talking, oh, sorry. You talking about uh, Osborne nearly ro- rolling it. Remind me of Chris James in the Chevrolet Lissetti at yes, Knock Hill. Knock Hill. <laughs> and he went, he went really there. Mm. So I just, I just went, I just googled Team ES Racing, and they're still active on Twitter. He's still <laughs> doing it. He's still tweeting about. Uh, he tweeted, "Well done, mate, Colin Turkerton." Over the weekend, they're still passionate about BTCC. Uh, that is an iconic moment, though. That Chris James two wheel. <laughs> oh yeah, that was um, far out, as the Aussies would probably say. <laughs> Not going to make today typical Aussie comments. So we'll, uh, we'll move on to race three. Uh, reverse grid was seven, which put Adam Morgan on pole. 
Josh Cook has a free good free place good penalty. Nick Hamilton goes on to the wets for the start. He eventually abandons us, I think goes on slicks. Dan mm-hmm. Lloyd pits and goes on to the wets and stays there on them on the first real race and I think <laughs> yeah. ends up dropping a lot behind. Poor Dan. Oldham Park's not his circuit. No. So for BMW front row, BMW's away well, Turkton's in second. Uh, Tom Ingram comes across to block off Ash Sutton Sutton um Sutton's behind. Tries to go into a wedge that Ingram's causing, gets put up against the pit wall and ashes out with suspensions damage. Now, as we know from race one of the year at Donington, if you're the car behind, you have to get out the throttle and brake. That was the rules. Hoisted by his own petard. That was the rules when Ash Sutton got put on the grass by, I think, was it Dan? Yes, it was. Hill. Was it Hill at race one? It was. And uh, Muff, when you see the off-board shot, it was like Ingram puts mm-hmm. him straight in the wall. When you right, see, when doesn't you see, it? At yes. first, you're like, whoa, he's just slammed him in the wall. Yeah. When you but see, thank goodness for the on-board. When you see the on-board, you kind of go, well, you could have seen that coming, Ash. And, uh, yeah. Surprised he didn't get a penalty. Yeah. For being consistent. Yeah, that's so, why. Th- well, his, uh, yeah. his penalty was losing his front-right wheel, yeah. wasn't it? But... Uh, if that didn't happen, I think we'd all be up in arms saying penalty now. <laughs> what did What did you think, Nick? Oh, it's the same for me. I think it was uh, going for a gap that was always going to disappear. Um, so yeah, he should have just blended out the throttle and carried on. But that's just how he is, isn't it? He wants to make places up. He's uh, he suddenly opened up the championship. Mm-hmm. Losing to races and then taking himself out of race, well, being out in race three from an incident. You say up and up. Rifle. So it's a, it's a five-way title fight now, right? Um, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. With Croft and uh, Knockhill to come, which should, yeah. the BNW should tradition it. Well, mind you, Ashton likes breaking the traditions, doesn't he? But True. So there is a safety car, and we know there's a safety car. Safety cars on track. Mm-hmm. It seems like some of the drivers knows as a safety car. Yeah, Turkington does, no doubt. It was and mentioned in the commentary that they now have these onboard systems that tell you. Um, so it probably came up in the car because going up, um, I can't remember the name of it, but the the hill Clay towards hill. that's it. Thank yeah. you, Clay Hill. I saw quite a few drivers hitting the brakes. Yeah, so. Mm. Um, and quite a lot of the cars seem to be quite slow there, and then they all started speeding up again. And well, if you're coming, they're coming out of Druids as well. Yeah. After the hill, uh, Turkerton's weaving for tire temp. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. it goes boom. And I think it's it could, my all we can assume, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong if you have a different opinion. Mm. Some have been told either in the cars told them or the team radio told them, but then Turkerton and a few others have gone well. But there's no board, so we carry on racing. It could be an error. Yeah, that seems to be exactly me. And then, of course, they come out of the start-finish line and it's all like, oh, goodness me, it could be a big pile up there. I was stood at, near the start-finish line at the at Deer Leap and it, my brother, who's not into racing, was like, the safety car board in the wrong... Oh, my word, what's going on? What's happened here? Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't... wasn't a good look. And, uh, they got, but we don't know what's happened and we don't want to, you know... 
point point fingers, but just wasn't ideal again. They got they got away on there. Yes, I thought so. Been a pile up, and I think into the Porsche as well, into the safety car. There's a few drivers lost out as well because Dan Camish was complaining that he lost positions in that whole melee. He did rewatch it. I think it was Hill, um, Ingram, both got past him. Correctly, um, Hill then passed Ingram at the same time, but they both got past Camish. What? So that's not a penalty. The no. thing is, technically, it was a active racetrack because there was no safety mm. cars. Oh dear! Oh dear! Um, so it's not kind of their fault, even though it's not really correct. Yeah, that, that's mm. a to- toker error for me. Or the circuit. I'm not sure who is responsible. Yeah, someone's. Oh, some several people made a, a big mistake there. Especially if it, it's dangerous, then also changes the complexion of the race, right? If people have lost positions. Yeah. Yeah, so it's impacted the championship. Because the main title rivals of uh, game places. Yeah. That's two mistakes in one weekend, or two, two errors have occurred in one weekend if the medical car, like you said, was on track to it as well. Mm. Well, if, and if, assume, if, assuming... If, that's, if it's the same protocol as F1, that's a mistake. Yeah. So yeah, right. uh, yeah there's, there's clearly there's possibly two mistakes this weekend or two failures in some sort of system, which uh, isn't brilliant. And uh, we we have to be critical to to raise this to push for better. Otherwise, you know, things carry on with the complacency, don't they? Mm. Yeah, we've had some horrors the past few years in touring cars with marshals on track and things like that. So yeah, needs to get better. Uh, restart, Aaron Moffat's making moves, he gets chilling up for ninth. he's on the soft tyres, everyone else is on hard so I think Jerry Edwards is also on soft for these, yeah. for this race yeah, so she's Jerry making Edwards, some progress uh, Robottom and Osborne yeah she's, uh, I just see her on TV, you know, making mm. overtakes, which we've not seen in a little while but then, falling back down again unfortunately yeah, well, it's probably the same problem as Adam Moffat. Moffat said that once he got past all the cars, um, he managed to get up on the back of the leaders, but he had burnt out his tyres by that point and just couldn't attack. Yeah, and also Jade had an, uh, a sideways moment, didn't she, at Cascades? Hmm. A bit of a slew. She held it, but I think she lost three or four positions and a bit of momentum there. Yeah. Mm. Was, I can't uh, remember what caused it now. But she was fighting with She's trying to go around the outside. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair play for trying the outside move. I will add at this point, uh, as Dan Lloyd alluded to in one of his vlogs, now I've seen it in action now that Matt Neal is working with or for Team Hard. He's on the grid with the cans in the team merch. Um, I don't know if that's been picked up on the ITV coverage in any way, but I think that's quite interesting. And they need the help, I suppose, with six cars on the grid. And before this race, Jade Edwards' car had an issue on the grid. There was a, a panicked activity around that vehicle. The bonnet was up. There was definitely a lot of uh, frantic. Someone ran back to the pits and ran back to the car again. And they, they only just got the bonnet pins done up when they had to leave the grid. And then it did, it did work. But I don't know what, if that was a legacy of the previous race contact or what. But uh, yeah, another, men, you know, Potential issue for Edwards, which must affect your uh, mental stability, I think. Hmm. 
Yeah, but at least a better race this week. Yep, absolutely. Anyway, uh, Turkington takes the lead from Adam Morgan. He goes around outside at the final corner and uh, saw that fantastic. Yes. Oh, I've said the word fantastic too many times, but yeah. Mm-hmm. We jumped up and down for that. It was really, uh, that's what you go to see the racing for sometimes. Like, yeah, okay, some people might go just for crashing, but to see it overtake for the lead around the outside, yeah, mega. Morgan was surprised about how late he managed to break to, to make that move work. And uh, yeah. Jake Hill also managed to get past as well. Yeah, Hill said he was trying to decide which one to follow. Because <laughs> he <laughs> said, whoever takes the lead or keeps the lead, I can follow them and take the position, but he didn't know which one to go for. But you could see that. It was, yeah, he did. He was manoeuvring down the avenue, as they call it. You could tell on the footage, he's like going left, right, oh, I'll go left and follow Turkington through. Josh Cook, yeah, let's hear him off it through to have a go at the leaders, but as I mentioned, they can't. Uh, Dan Robottom pulls a nice move on George Gamble. A what? And uh, 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 was it a Kidderminster kerfuffle? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> At the chicane, uh, going through the final part or the right hand part of the chicane, and a really nice move as he was doing at Fruxton last week. Mm. Uh, weekend. Yeah, we get a crash at the back between Taylor Smith and Dexter Patterson, and. Uh, well, well. After after Taylor Smith had tried to remove the bumper of Patterson several times already, <laughs> he then finally did the job. I think. Race three, you're allowed to knock panels off each other's cars. True. Yeah, this is just, it was it was as Nick's notes say it was just race that Sam Osborne um, almost rolls the car at the hairpin, and the then uh, then he. Uh, then he wipes off half his own front bumper by hitting the back of Tom Chilton. Um, oh, of, yeah, but that was quite robust from both of them, I thought. Mm. Mm. He sort of, if you watched it, he peeled the bumper halfway along and then, then it sprung back again magically, which I thought was nice. I think his younger brother won the mini race, didn't he? Um, someone in a Napa car did, and I didn't think he looked like Osborne. With Osborne as a surname. Yeah, I didn't actually see who it was. I don't know if they're related, but I w- I'm, a- I'm assuming that they are. Apologies. Yeah, he certainly looked that way. <laughs> Jamie Osborne. He's in the Motorbase per- uh, Performance Driver Academy. Hmm. Well, we'll circle back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to finish off, then race three, Bobby Thompson, weekend keeps getting worse. Uh, it gets broken suspension during a fight with uh, Sam Osborne, which ends his weekend, which is a shame. And you've got a few stewards incidents here, Nick, that you're going to have a look at. Well, I'm not even weekend. sure what all of them were. <laughs> yeah. They're listed on the website. But, um, yeah, yeah, Patterson and Taylor Smith, that was presumably when they tried to take each other out. Mm. Um. The one between Osborne and Bobby Thompson, I'm assuming, is where Thompson's suspension breaks. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't sure about Sam Osborne and Jade Edwards. Yeah, it was a bit of a fud, wasn't it, that one? Mm. You, you knew someone's suspension was breaking as soon as the incident happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so Moffat managed to get up to six on his nice tyres, and it was a BMW front three, Tuckerton, Hill, Morgan, to, uh, to wrap at the top three. For the podium, Ingram was fourth, and it all just kind of causes up the championship again. 
Andrew Watson took the last points position, and uh, our man had a disaster. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what happened to him at the end. He's way off the back of the pack. Uh, yeah, 20 seconds place. Unfortunately. He was up 13 seconds behind. Yeah. I felt a bit for Jane Edwards because uh, she was having a great run. I would like she would get her first points of the year, but it's just. Yeah, that should have been points, that, shouldn't it? Just couldn't catch Andrew Watson, which was a shame. But the driver's standing is now, so with six points between Ingram and Sutton. Hill's closed down as well. He's a 192. Tuckinson's a 183. And just kind of clinging on is Dan Camish on 160. Just. It has to it has to outscore Sutton in all three races at Croft, really. Otherwise it's game over, I think. Mm. That's again, personal opinion. Prove me wrong. But. He he's still close enough so that ITV can say there's a five way title fight in the final round. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that old chestnut. Yeah. And uh, Nick Halstead is on negative points now, which is nice. I think that yeah. was his uh, really? that was yes. his uh, engine change, wasn't it? Uh-huh. The last round. Yeah, <laughs> minus six. <laughs> oh, Nick's having a great year. <laughs> I will say this: it visually at trackside, he looked like he was close to the pack this race. Apart from his race start, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear, poor, poor guy. So I was about to say there was four drivers with no points, but I, I can't include Nick Halstead really. So there's Will Powell, Jack Patel, and Jerry. Yeah, because he's got points. Class. He has got mm. some version of points. So, you got any more to add, Tom, from your weekend at Alton Park? No, it's just it's just brilliant. And I know we sometimes raise up concerns about yeah, like uh, safety issues there and online coverage. But as an in-person thing, fantastic. Although, oh, I'm going to mention something controversial, and I'm going in headfirst without the proper terminology, and I'm like, oh, my, we doing this. It felt a bit out of place having grid girls, if that's the right expression. Just felt like, oh, isn't that a bit old fashioned? Anyway, mm-hmm. I'll just leave that hanging. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I, I have noticed that Toon Car still have them. But, yeah. Uh, F1 car is about five, six years ago now. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah. Anyway, let us know, listeners, your opinions. I, am I right or am I wrong? And the pro side, people are getting paid to do that. So, Absolutely, yeah. It's a job. I draw pipes for a living, so I'm not going to comment <laughs> on anyone else's career choices. <laughs> uh, Nick, any more from you on the touring cars? Uh, no, that was it for me. Quite enjoyed it. It was nice to see. I was getting a bit jaded. You might know it was the last episode with Ash Sutton just winning constantly. Mm. But, uh, so it was nice to see a bit of variation. And Jake Hill almost got the three wins in one weekend. How close was that? He did. Oh. I was cheering him on, but he just couldn't get close enough to Turkington to. Turkington made a big mistake in that race as well. He had a big lock. Locked up. Mm. But Hill just couldn't quite get there to, to put the pressure on. Who were the last? Who were the only two, other two drivers to get the three wins in a day? Right, it was mentioned yeah. on commentary a few times. Yes, uh, well, I'll tell you, trackside commentary mentioned it several times, which was yes. wonderful, actually. Really good trackside commentary. I don't know who the main one was. And then Alan Hyde, who does the post interviews. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <laughs> well, tries uh, to do the post race interviews before Louise pushes him out of the way. Oh, well, yes, yes. <laughs> but actually, while you're there in person, he's at the podium doing other interviews as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it overlaps with the start of the next race. But it's still... Uh, re- the way he describes things, very clear, 
concise, but also if you didn't, if you're new to the sport, it really helped you out. Uh, but they were both saying, oh, yeah, this is the last two drivers that we've got it several, several times. And then when it was nearly happening in the race, that's all they were talking about, really, I think. But yeah, Any guesses? Uh, Mr. Potato. Correct. That's one. Brands Hatch 2009. <laughs> I, can't the other? I can't remember the other one. No. Nick? I, I can tell you. Dan Eves. Yeah. Thruxton 2005, I think. Very rare. It'd be nice to have a wee, a wee pin in it. That'd be nice, this one. Yeah, yeah, it would have been uh, a spectacular moment to see in this modern era where everything's so competitive. It's not happened in NGTC, has it? So. No. So, Tom, you're going to part us now because you haven't seen the F1 yet. Apologies, folks, but uh, when enjoy you the rest leave, of the episode. When you leave, it's going to end the call. Oh, yeah, I'll just stop recording and leave you to it, and then um, oh, yeah. I'll be working on the laptop anyway. Oh, right, okay. You can listen. Well, if I would yeah, mention listen one in. thing as well. Yeah. I've been trying to get through, but my internet has been shocking tonight. Um, <laughs> I'm barely understanding either of you. Oh, really? Oh, you couldn't yeah. tell? I did think you were a bit quiet. No, I mean, there's times where it just went completely dead, and I was just, it would then come back like half half a minute later and you'd both be talking really quickly. <laughs> okay. Ah, because it's like catching up. Yeah. Oh, so I've been trying to catch it. Right, so if this is an abridged end to the episode, you, you understand <laughs> why. Montreal Grand Prix, essentially, I, I relatively enjoyed it. I enjoyed qualifying again. Qualifying's been great recently um, because of the rain, basically. Um, but I've kind of enjoyed it. Nick? Yeah, no, it, it was... Uh... Quite an interesting race. Yeah, it's fine at the minute. Um, <laughs> just keeps going. But yeah, no, it was quite a good race. It's just annoying that um, it always ends with a max comfortable victory at the moment. I know, I know, that's the problem. I, the, 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 the thing is, it's getting closer every round. Mm-hmm. They're sort of eating away and eating away. And um, Aston are talking to themselves that they've got huge upgrades coming for Silverstone. And they're talking himself up for that round for the final challenge. Tom's muted himself in his lever, but he's still shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> so we can all hope, we can all hope. But qualifying was a great laugh because it was wet and dry and oh. um, Carlos Sainz should have got disqualified because he was being a, an idiot, we'll say, at the last corner. Oh, yes. It, Destroyed um, Pierre Gasly's lap in, was it Q2 or Q1, which would have comfortably gotten through, but he just parked in the entrance to the chicane, which I hate. You've got a full yeah, lap yeah. to make a gap. Why do you have to make it at the last corner? Yes, I'm with you on that. I, I did wonder as well, maybe that in Montreal in particular, you could just have like almost like a lane halfway down the straight and just saying if you need to make space use this lane stay mm. out of the way but coming into that chicane you cannot slow down or yeah. unnecessarily slow down of course you have to slow down to take the corner but you know what I mean he, he had parked it mm. it was it was no, yeah not a bad one you're right they need to bring in a rule because this happens a lot these days mm. he did say as well wasn't it he was surprised that Sonoda Tried to overtake him, and that's why he slowed up. And he said, "No, Sonoda overtook you because you was stopped 
and he needed to start his lap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that all led to Pierre Gasly missing out in Q1. As is both Alfatari, Sargent and Joe Guan Yu, Joe had problems. He stopped, caused the red flag, kept going, but uh, never had the pace. He was last. Q2, Alex Albon started on the slicks and managed to go quickest. And uh, very well done to him because the rain just came after that and, he had, and mm. no one else had any chance to get near him. Charles Leclerc and Perez were out again in Q2. Yeah, shocking. As was the um, the huge liability of a son that Mr. Stroll has of Lance. <laughs> He's so poor. He's been so poor. He's had a couple of odd, decent races, but the points mm. gap between him and Fernando is ridiculous. Especially here in the wet weather, because traditionally he's been quite good in the wet weather, and mm. he was nowhere near him. And this was his first time ever out of Q1 at, at Montreal. It's like, yeah. he's been racing for like eight years. How the hell has he not managed that? So, oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan anymore. Uh, Q3, we're back wet again on an Earth's... Um, Max gets a lap in early, and that's crucial. Um, Hulkenberg managed to put second, and then Oscar Piastri bins it at turn seven, which causes a red flag. And uh, we've essentially got our good set at that point. Hulkenberg fortunately loses his second place, drops three places because of red flag infringement. Um, and there's a bunch of other penalties for Sainz, Shinoda and Stroll for blocking during qualifying. Uh-huh. Which uh, mixes up the good for the start. But Nico Hulkenberg, I was a wee bit excited again. I always get excited when he does something like that. So we make his podium. Yeah. It's never going to happen in that car, but no. we can dream. Can but dream. Um, so on to the race. Mm-hmm. Quick wrap up the race. Hamilton got second at the start and Russell tried to get Alonso as well, but couldn't do so. Um, signed past Perez and took turn 8, but he managed to hit the curb and lost it back again. Perez then got ahead at some point, but then lost. Perez was starting on the hard tyres, which was a... Should have got him quite long in the race, but then the Ferraris completely killed his strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I do think Perez is still too passive, but obviously he at the time I, I thought he was giving in too easily, but he was on the hard tyres, but even so, I think he could have made it a bit harder for science. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it was down the street, wasn't it? It was far mm-hmm. too easy. Yeah. Uh, Alonso trying to catch Max Verstappen and Hamilton in front of him manages to hit just about every wall he can. It gives <laughs> yep. the turn five, four, five outside wall. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives that a massive hit and manages to get away with it. Yeah, no, that was uh, nicely done in a way, because uh, he must have hit it spot on that it didn't damage anything. Mm. Um, Piastri is making some nice moves. Um, there's a bunch of overtaking happening behind the Hasses. They're basically rolling roadblocks in this race. Everyone's trying to get around them. There's a whole gaggle of cars making passes when a VSC is called as Logan Sargent pulls his car off with uh, some sort of problem. Max Verstappen hits a bird and that's stuck in his brake duct for the full race. 
There's a nice picture that someone posted oh, online of the bird extracted from the car. Oh, I bet that was uh, Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not had a nice ride. It didn't have a nice end, let's just say. No. No. Uh, <laughs> all throughout the trace of the classic, somebody's coming into the pit lane and someone else uh-huh. is over, trying to overtake them. And there's a, there's a few dodgy incidents. There's a one with Magnuson where Perez pulls back in front of him. And uh, he almost he has to take evasion action just to, to avoid hitting the Red Bull. Oh, yeah, that was a little bit tricky, that one, wasn't it? I wasn't actually convinced Magnuson was making the corner. It looked like he had to break himself and then Perez pulled in front of him. <laughs> so then George Russell. George Russell. Yeah. Yeah, how? <sighs> he makes such a rookie crash at turn nine. He runs over the left-hand side of the chicane, runs over the curb. The thing was, the curb didn't bounce him into the wall. He gets offline and bounced by the curb, and then he puts the throttle down, mm. loses the rear, then hits the wall. Yeah, and I mean... How that car survived, because the amount of debris that was on track was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was amazed he got going again. Um, I was convinced he had suspension damage at first, but it was just the the tire jumping around on the wheel. Mm. Do you see the there's a fan cam? He actually lost the tire in the pit lane, and the Ferrari mechanics had to run out and grab it. Oh no, I didn't see that. As it was rolling down towards the end of the pit lane. Yeah, because they're still quite heavy those tires, aren't they? Even without the wheel on them. Yeah, I wouldn't be jumping in front of them. But that was just because later in the race, Verstappen does the exact same thing, but. He just settles the car back down and goes. Yeah, and then Whereas has a laugh about it. <laughs> exactly. Whereas you listen to the onboard, Russell slams the throttle, assuming the car will just stick, which mm. such a poor mistake. Yeah, it was not good. I mean, I know it's easy to hit that curb there, but as you say, he made two mistakes, not one. Mm. So that brings out the safety guard, just go to all the debris on track. Uh, most people pit, apart from uh, the Ferraris, decide to go mega long on the medium tyres and they make it work, which is quite impressive. Mm. Uh, Perez, Mice and Bottas also didn't pit. We give Ferrari a lot of stick for their strategy, but they, I think they got this one right because they were stuck in a DRS train. Mm. But staying out got them ahead of all that because everyone pitted. And they finished a pretty comfortable fourth and fifth in the end. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought that was quite well. During the race, I was thinking maybe they should have tried something with one of them, but it turned out that it was right to leave them both out. Mm. I like your next note, which is uh, Shut Up Crofty. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> which, uh, which is uh, after Nonacy's uh, nice move on Piastri into the hairpin. He just caught yeah. him sleeping. I know, it was... Uh... The fact that he tried to do uh, what Ricardo was used to say, which was uh, lick the was it lick the stamp and send it, and then uh, he decided to say stamp the envelope and send it. <laughs> yeah, but he fumbled that about four times. Yeah, and still got it wrong. Yeah, because he's a big useless man. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, Ken, he's a he's a great professional. Um, biggest fan here. Uh, Alonso <laughs> gets Hamilton back 
to take second fairly comfortably. And after that, there's no real fight back after that point. Alonso's saying on radio he wants to go for the win, but it's not It's not on. We all know it's not on. No. Um, Stroll pits and almost uh, wipes out Kevin Magnussen in, in the process. <laughs> yes. And uh, there's a few, again, all the moves kind of centre at the back. It's not much happening towards the top. There's a few yeah. decent moves in the last chicane and into turn one. Mostly around the Hassies. Um, there's a nice little fight between Derice and Magnussen until it isn't very nice. <laughs> yes. They squeeze each other for turn one and two. I'm not sure if there's a bit of contact, but going down into turn three, mm. Derice does a massive walk up and yeah, they both they both go off into <laughs> the escape road. Yeah, when I first saw that as well, I thought, has Magnussen parked directly behind him to stop him reversing out? But when you see the onboard, it looked like, no, he that's just where he ended up. Yeah. I was surprised if Reese didn't get a penalty for that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm quite surprised actually, but I, I think it's a, a bit of both because he did have the move done, but Magnussen duped it out around the outside, but he, he's entitled to. He was still on the track just. <laughs> uh, it was a, the stewards were a little bit inconsistent because there was two potential penalties for unsafe releases. Mm. It was a Hamlet and Alonso one, and there was a, I think it was a Norris one as well. Yeah. The Norris one looked a bit dodgy. The Hamlet one, actually, when I saw it, I thought, that looks all right. But then Alonso slams on the brakes and wiggles the wheel around. Yeah. I swore that I need to cut that out. So <laughs> I got the wheel around about 10 times. Um, I love yes. Total's reaction to it, though. That was... Yeah, I mean, it was very deliberate, I thought, that wobbling of the wheel to make it look worse. Oh, nice. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that it's just clever, isn't it? No one else thinks to do that. No, Hamilton got away with it. I thought it was on the line, but um, the stewards were quite inconsistent because uh, Lando Norris gets a five-second penalty for unsportsmanlike behaviour. Yeah, that's. Um, I can understand that if he was back in the pack up and whatnot, but according to him, he wasn't. But he is going to say that. He said that um, he was doing what he was normally told and was then told to pit very late, so he didn't know there was going to be a double stack. But do we believe that or not? Hmm. I'm sure they get messages on the dash as well as the radio. True. So there might be something there. Uh, Russell eventually retires. Unsurprising with break issues. Yeah, I'm surprised he had any. <laughs> yeah. That was some smash. I still can't get over how he kept going. Uh, yeah. Ocon manages to keep going despite the fact he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, his beer wing is made of I don't know candy floss or something. I want to say all over the place. <laughs> that was it. A nice big wobbly jelly, <laughs> and that is this one Ocon's rear wing. Yes. Is to fair to Ted, he, he pointed out that he spotted it pre-race. Mm. That's just what it was doing. So whether it was a fault or it's just how it is, but it looked ridiculous. It was broken. Um, apparently, it is designed to flex, but not to that degree. The FIA did ask Alpine, "Is it safe?" And they proved that it would last the race. Apparently, with how they designed it, but it wasn't. It shouldn't be doing that. So mm. it was a bit dubious, I think. If anything deserved a meatball, it would have been that. 
yeah, because I know Norris is saying it to get the points and get the place from him, but he is right. If that rear wing flies off, someone could get very hurt. Yeah, just with the parts of that coming off and also mm. Espan Ocon suddenly losing all of your downforce. Yeah, especially if it's at top speed as well. Mm. So that's a bit dodgy. Um, Lando tried to get Ocon at the end, but um, couldn't manage to do it and he loses his points with a five-second penalty. Mm. Perez tried for the fastest lap, but did he get it in the end? He, he did get it, yeah. Mm-hmm. He made a lot pit, pissed off for the soft tyres, but it was for Stappen from Alonso from Hamilton, top three. McClatt recovered, as did signs for fourth and fifth, and Perez didn't really make much progress after he stopped mm. uh, going to medium. Didn't really catch up too much to the Ferraris. Um, the Ferraris only finished four seconds. I don't know if I'd say the cars, but only four seconds behind Hamilton after all that. Yeah, that was a very but, strong performance from the Ferraris. Just a very poor qualifying. Hmm. And Lance Stroll managed to get up to ninth, and Bottas got half a minute off point, which has been rare for them. Mm. Well, Alex Albon, I thought, was driver of the day, though, because he, oh, yeah. he managed to hold on to seventh. Well, he had, not hold on to seventh, he went from tenth to seventh. Uh, yeah. Uh, he held everyone off. I know that Williams is slippery, but he still had pace as well. And there was cars behind with DRS, and they were just getting nowhere near the thing. Mm. So that that silky smooth base is obviously good for something. Yeah. Uh, not good for downforce, but great for uh, the straights at least. Yeah, I mean, Alonso was constantly told to uh, lift and coast as well, wasn't he? So it wasn't ideal mm. for them, but apparently that was a, a non-existent problem. They thought they had a fuel issue, and so they told him to lift and coast to make sure they had enough fuel at the end, but it was... They they didn't say what it was, but it was usually a sensor or something that was telling them something that wasn't actually happening. Hmm. Yeah. But I still don't think he had a chance against Max in this race. No, but coming up at Silverstone, we're going to see it apparently. Mm, but we're next, I hope so. Next up, we're in Austria, where the Aston think they'll be strong as well. But we'll wait and see. That would be great. Beat them in their own backyard. Yeah. So there's a 69 point gap at the top two, so we might have a championship fight at some point. Only if Max is kicked out. <laughs> yes. Alonso's catching Perez, so he's only nine behind him. Mm. And Hamilton's quite comfortable in fourth now. It's a huge gap between Hamilton and Russell. He's uh, since I've changed the car, he's, Russell's been getting a bit of smacking. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which I think is actually Hamilton motivated and Russell just making mistakes. But it's just so embarrassing when you look at the points. 117 to 37 between the two Astons. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, it's just not acceptable really, is it? If but... he wasn't his son, he'd be gone. Mm. There's going to come a point, and it probably not won't be this year, but there'll become a point where there's a decision made. Unless he's just happy to have one car competitive. Yeah. I think the only way he's going to get them is if he can get him put into another team somehow. You know, like mm. another good team. But I just can't see it happening. No. No, me neither. And I think Alpine's looked quite good recently. Shout out to them. Ocon's doing really mm. well. More points again. 
yeah, Gazi's struggling a bit, but he's had a lot of issues in qualifying and things that have pushed him back. Yeah, I think they said he'd be P6 if he'd got to finish his lap. Mm-hmm. And that was with a slow sector three, he'd still been P6 in Q1. Mm-hmm. So it was Otmar that said that, and I always take everything he says with a pinch of salt. Yeah, yeah, true, <laughs> true. I retract the previous statement. <laughs> so, still only two drivers, Logan Sargent, who uh, retired with a problem, and Nick DeVries, who wasn't in the points due to general ineptitude. <laughs> yeah. um, that Fatari is terrible, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. he's it, He's not got much for hope with that car, it feels like. No. There are rumours that Sargent will be replaced by Schumacher at some point, but I think that's far too soon to do that. Yeah, I mean, what is... The car's terrible. Well, we know that. But what's what's Schumacher going to do different in Mm -hmm. that car? I just think if, if you're looking at doing that, that should have been your choice at the beginning of the season. If you're going to bring in a rookie, you've got to accept that they're not going to have a great season. Exactly. Yeah, that's and that point. team is supposed to be for developing drivers. Mm-hmm. It's Plus not hasn't been for got... a while. No. But... but he hasn't got the same car as Albon either at the moment, has he? Because they bought upgrades and they couldn't afford to get enough parts to put it on both cars. And I think it's going to be another two races before Sargent gets them. So I actually think Sargent's done reasonably well. I don't think he's been brilliant, but I don't think he's been left adrift from anyone. No, he's been where you'd expect for a rookie in the second mm-hmm. or third source car. Yeah. So, so on to Austria next for the the A1 ring, as I still think in my head. But it's the, it's the Red Bull yes. ring. Which the is the ring. That, was that the original name, was it? I believe so. Don't quote me on it, just in case I'm wrong. Oh, thumbs up from Tom. Who's <laughs> <laughs> somehow still listening. <laughs> so that'll do us for this week, I think. Any more for you, Nick? Uh, no, I think that covers it. Yeah. So we're off next to Austria for the next race, 30th to the 2nd of June slash July. It's a sprint weekend as well. And it's... Uh, Friday qualifying, Saturday sprint shootout, sprint race, and then normal race on Sunday. Before we're back home at Silverstone for the British Grand Prix, which I think is a sellout. I think it sold out mm. months and months and months ago. It usually is. So it'll either be a typhoon or it'll be beautiful 35 degree sunshine. That's the way it goes. And we're also at Croft next at the 30th of July, no, sorry, Hopefully both. 30th of July, yes, 30th of July at Croft is the next British Touring Cars, so we've got a, a six-week break in the Touring Cars. So, that does. Nick isn't answering some of his internet's gone, so I thank you very much for downloading. It's <laughs> no just <way>. come back. <laughs> it's come back, we're back. So... We'll see you next time for the the Austrian Red Bull Grand Prix A1 thingy. So we'll see you then. See you later.